Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis, and as always, I'm joined by Mike. How's it going tonight, Mike? Okay, man, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. How's the week been treating you? You have a good uh, pre, pre-Thanksgiving week? Yeah, I went down to uh, went down to Indianapolis, hung out with, uh, with some other friends for a quote unquote friends giving. Oh, that's right. You didn't. That's you, you went to the friends giving instead of the tailgates giving, right? That's that's true. You you guys you got a little rain for that, didn't you? Yeah, it was. There was a lot of there was a lot of liquid at that at that <laughs> tailgate, and it wasn't all from the sky. Right, right, right. That was it. Was a good time though. It was a really good time. So you guys, you guys what? had a good time though, right? Yeah, yeah, it was relatively low key. Um, it's, uh, a buddy of mine who also used to live in Bloomington. He and he and his brother and his wife and his wife's old roommate. They all went to IU. Huh. And, Do I know uh, these? Do they know these people? I don't think so. Okay. Um, they're all they're all younger than me. I think the the oldest the oldest of them is like thirty one, thirty two, maybe. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I met them later and, uh, we try to hang out now once a year. Don't always quite make once a year. The last time I saw them was Halloween of 16 and the mm. one girl wasn't there cause her sister was having a baby or something. So babies anyway, they made, uh, they made carnitas and, uh, and ground turkey or something hey, wait we had, what is carnitas we made bar. Out of? what is carnitas i mean is it's it just pork. steak or it's pork pork okay um, like like i always get you know i'll, I'll random like oh i want to get some meat i'm gonna get some like chunky meat with my mexican and then i'll get order carnitas and then it just it's like carnesada or something and it's like this is not the steak i'm thinking it mm, is so it's pork huh? right P- um carnitas is pork it's it's like pulled pork but not uh you know there's no barbecue sauce um, cause it's, right. it's Mexican food. Um, I got a recipe from one of my coworkers. Did you make it in the crock pot? And, uh, there's a little bit of, of beer and I mean, it cooks out, but, right. um, but it's good. And then, and then carne asada is steak. It is steak. Okay. That's steak. Yeah, it's like s- right. steak grilled and sliced up and clearly my yeah. Spanish needs work. It, it, <laughs> even, you know, yeah. yo quiero taco bell is the worst that I can do. Right, right. That. Hey, man, I got to finally get to uh, pushing through some Star Trek Discovery. This uh, oh, right, right. I did. I didn't. I I'm not hit the last one. I mean, I'm I'm at. I think there's eight. Is that right? Eight. And I'm I've done seven. There's one. Okay. Left. There's one left. Have you watched? Have you watched it? Got to watch any of it? It's it's funny. I was one episode short of the uh, they call it the fall finale oh. um, as of last night, and then I. I went ahead and finished it over my lunch break, which I, I don't normally watch hour long shows over my lunch break, but you said you were you were catching up, so I'm like, oh, gotta be on the same gotta be me. on the same page. You did it, yeah. So that's my I'll, fault. I was thought I was gonna be further I'll, along and I didn't get to. I'll try not to uh not to spoil it for you like you kinda spoiled Justice League before the show. Oh, I, the, <laughs> so far listeners, that I spoil Justice League because men are naked in the show most of the time. Not not completely naked, but <laughs> no. You 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 said a name I didn't expect to hear. Oh really? And, and Holy crap! Oh, I now did. now we're spoiling it. Yeah, there's a name. There's somebody. There is something. Oh man, <laughs> man. I thought okay. I'm a spoiler it's, person. It's the worst. It's kind of amazing how uh, how easy it is to to do that without realizing it. But yeah, yeah. I we do that on here on the show all the time. I think I, I bet you if we go through and listen to some of the stuff and people haven't watched. 
Oh, heck, last week when we wa- when we were talking about all the, the feels in the movies, I bet you we were just like throwing everything out for somebody from 1994 who haven't watched oh. the show. Oh, yeah, last week. And I think I think there's like a, you know, there's a statute of limitations on spoilers. Like, <laughs> if, if a movie's more than five years old, like... Okay. You're done. I guess. Like you I don't know, this day and age, if it's more than two months old, then you could have just seen it on Google or you know, you know <laughs> by that point. Reddit. My my favorite thing is uh I like to I like to get on IMDB while I'm watching shows. Yeah. It's a it's a sort of what do I wanna say, after effect of the the personalities of, of my parents who when they're watching shows together try to identify spot the actor who oh, okay. was sure. so and so in whatever what were they in and um if you if you watch amazon prime on a device on a um, like an ipad yeah a lot of their content has this really sweet um x-ray feature yeah okay i've not used it i know it's there okay talk about where you if if you pause the video it probably does this on like the fire tvs and stuff but on the ipad if you pause um or even just tap the screen so that the scrubber and the playback controls show up yeah there's a um there's a list on the side of all the actors in the scene and it's constantly changing as the scenes change Mm. that's nice which which is pretty cool but i've had um i've spoiled myself on shows (laughs) by looking at the cast on the main show page which is why excuse me i now will try to click into the episode to find because here's here's what happens i'm watching uh watching arrow yeah and i'm gonna maybe spoil arrow if (laughs) here we go it's happening if 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 you haven't seen arrow by this point don't bother it's not very good um, (laughs) just don't do it it's right on the on the main page some of the some of the actresses who become um supers whether they get powers or just start wearing a cape, whatever, because um, right, okay, I think I know where you're Green going. Green Arrow this. himself doesn't okay. uh, doesn't really have powers. Right, he's like Who Batman. becomes superhero esque, um, right? right? Right, they they become a vigilante or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, their their name on the main IMDb page will have their real name and their 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 aliases. Right, and so I'm like, oh, well, at some point, Laurel becomes i don't know one of the canaries or something <laughs> like it's black canary right right except her sister is the original black, black canary, canary so yeah. and then she know. becomes white canary or some crazy stuff like something that. yeah right yeah yeah that that's that you could totally do it that way because that that has like a bunch of characters that later on become something which i think it got out of control just like way out of control but i i, I guess the thing you said before the show is not technically a spoiler it could have it could have happened in a a dream sequence or a flashback uh i cannot deny or but, confirm but don't that. but don't tell me right know, that's true i mean if if i if i had read the comic you know right i would <laughs> no, nope i would know like what comic. to expect or uh, or something like that but. well some people may be expecting us to talk about the justice league but we're not going to i think there we might reserve it for a special episode right yeah i mean i haven't seen it yet so there's not much point i can't really give any impressions so we'll save that for a future show. Yeah, maybe, I'll uh, hold back. I'll hold back. Maybe things. get maybe get Fox back in here to uh, right 
to share his share his thoughts. Life this week but, has been uh, drama filled with uh, Justice League and some Battlefront Two stuff, which we're going to go ahead and just pass right on over for this podcast. Oh yeah, mic- microtransactions. Where I, th- I think with this with all this spoiler talk, we've gotten far enough into the weeds. We should. Uh, <laughs> That's we right. Should maybe circle back to Star Trek Discovery. Let's do that because so, I actually want to so talk about your. Um, fair warning to listeners: We are going to probably spoil the first seven, yeah, episodes of uh, of Discovery, yeah. and, and and Dennis may accidentally spoil eight. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we we talked about this a couple times on the show, uh, but in different contexts. Uh, I think previously we talked about Discovery from a uh, monet- monetization. Uh, package with cables and networks hmm. and this was before they launched um, and then we talked about when we talked about Trek and some of the other Trek things we've talked about but here we get we get a whole new take um, there's something I've been wanting to, wanting to say and I want to talk about here uh, the words I want to get out on the podcast that I kept thinking round around in my head is that <laughs> I wish this wasn't fixed where it is I think it was a mistake for them to put it like 10 years before the original series that making it a quote unquote prequel. I don't like that at all. This is a fine show that would have been a great or would be a great Star Trek standalone series that doesn't need to be constricted by the same things enterprise was restricted by, you know, mm, technology it's, wise you're saying. Yeah. I mean, well, the it's war drive, right? Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough sort of trade-off because um I read somewhere just FYI the you've seen through episode 8 there are 9 episodes. Okay, sure. The, um, the, I'll tell you the one I oh, I saw last. I saw uh where the admiral I think died and the 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 white armor wearing Klingon lady wanted to escape. Right. Right, yeah, and they, and they were on, they were on the planet. They were also on that. They got the new crazy planet, and at the very end, they're like the planet called in the Klingons and and the Federation. Right, the, it's a little. It feels a little bit like the Organians from uh, the original series. I actually called them the Borg when I was when it first they were talking about them. Like when he came in oh, and he was overtaken by them, I was like, oh, right. this is a Borg thing. Assimilate, you know. It's um. They also did that in original series with some uh, with some spores. There were like plant spores, yeah. You know, and and Spock becomes all happy. Oh, I think I think I remember that like vaguely. The uh, so it, yeah, it was it was a theme that we've seen before in different ways. Sure, but, yeah. Well, that's a, where I, that's where I was. It's an interesting trade off because I've read that um, this sh- actually just within the last day or two read that it's supposed to be the. Um, original show universe, not the movie universe. Oh, what? Really? I think. That can't be right, because like the Klingons look like the movie. Well, I mean, the Klingons then, in Enterprise looked... Di- oh, I see what you're saying, though. They're not even... The Klingons in Enterprise not even the like original the Klingons series. in Next Generation. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they don't look like the, the original series Klingons. They don't look like the Next Generation Klingons. What they look like is movie Klingons. Like Abrams movie right. Klingons. They well, 100% then, are that. Then maybe I'm wrong about that. 
I don't know, but that's like that's all the stuff and the the way the ships look and the whole presentation because it's a modern CGI and stuff is just like this is like I'm watching the movies. You know what I mean? Uh, you have the problem of either your show is in the same time as some previous uh, work, you know, like Deep Space Nine ran a little bit overlapped with Next Generation. I forget how that aligns with with air dates, but it's gotta be after, definitely right? warp was I th- on after. I think it aired after, but I don't think Next Generation was even over when it started. I agree with um, that, but at some point when Generation ended, I think that's when Worf came over. Right, and so so the two were overlapping. So there are some limits to what you can do in the scope of your of your storytelling. Yeah. Um, Voyager sort of solved that problem by them getting sucked into a completely different part of the world, part of the universe. Yeah, they're way away. Right. Um, And so then when Enterprise came around, they're like, okay, let's go way back to the beginning and tell a story there. And then, of course, you have the problem of, like, all the effects and everything are, are better now. And so the Klingons look like real Klingons. They don't look like original series guys with a lot of dark makeup. Yeah, and weird mustaches. And I, I think that that limited Enterprise so much. And I know that Discovery isn't doing that. I mean, they're they're just like they're taking the Abrams kind of mantra of, no, it's going to look amazing and it's going to look just great, and that's just the way it is. Um, right. And that's fine. I'm, I'm going to quote somebody who it's not generally people like to hear quoted, but George Lucas, when mm-hmm. asked why that in the Phantom Menace. Um, Darth Maul and Obi-Wan Kenobi fought the way they fought instead of like with two handed swords, like they fencing like they did in the original Mm -hmm. series. He's like, yeah, there's things where we had to like stay true to, you know, the time period. He's those, but this is one of those ones that we just had to change because it's better. And, and that's just the way it was. He was just bottom line. It was a judgment call that this is just better. So, that's what they do with the discovery too. It's just like okay, it just looks cooler. I mean, there's they 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 hint a little bit about this in the finale. So, um, well, I guess I already told you that they do that, but you you get sort of hints in it with the concept of the spore drive. Are, are they are they trying to? I can ask this without spoiling too much. Are they trying to tie it into the original? I no, I don't think so. I think they are just opening themselves up for a complete like multiple universe parallel universe kind of storytelling sort of in the same vein as like rick and morty but hopefly not as strange and dan Harmon-esque. i i I mean that's that's you you, you get hints of a little bit of that with like the, the whole concept of the spore drive in this immediate travel which is not it's a completely new concept in um in trek i think even probably the closest parallel was transwarp which mm-hmm. i don't I, I i didn't watch enough of the material in that when that was happening to really mm-hmm. appreciate it's it's sort of like even in star trek into darkness when they have long range teleporters like incredibly long range more than teleporters are supposed to have to planets and stuff yeah and they're like okay but 
you you broke All you broke stuff. the world by by um eliminating that limitation yeah right um and, and that's that's a problem there's there's prequels. some of that with with the engineer and his reactions to being used to run the spore drive yeah you know what i'm saying like he looks in the mirror and oh, okay, some of yeah, that stuff. we know that something's happening there. Okay, right. So it it gives you some hints, and it it's not it's nothing that's spoiled in the finale. It just when he there are some lines of dialogue where I'm like, oh, I see what's happening. Like they're opening this up to potentially be, maybe that's my yeah that's my prediction slash well, impression. The 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 problem I have even with that statement is that there's no reason to set this in the time period that it's set in. Then there just isn't. Somebody, somebody just said, I really am interested in the Federation uh, Klingon war. I want, I, wanted, I want to do that. That was the only reason. They could have just said, this is 100 years past the next generation, and um, mm. the Klingons are going to fight with the, the Federation. And that's it. And, and it wouldn't have changed much of anything. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, that, and that's really what it is. It's like, we want to make a show with a familiar villain... And not necessarily in, I mean, I don't, they're, they're clearly not constraining themselves by continuity very much at all in the same way that the movies aren't. Um, right. Because, you know, in, in a medium like this, you just can't, like, audience audiences don't want to see the technology of 50 years ago. No, you know, yeah, right. They, they, they don't want. They don't really want to see, you know, something that looks just like the original series but better. Oh, you like, mean you mean like uh, when Burnham picks out her communicator, and I'm like, oh God, there they go. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, a little bit. That that kind of stuff is fine because it's just nostalgia. Like they still have a radio. The com badge is the same thing as that. They just wear it instead of carrying it around. Like I, I mean, even today. We're going to get past having handheld things, you know, soon. Mm. Let alone thinking like in a futuristic show that you know. They're Maybe going to have to if it's like phone. long distance with no towers or you know, whatever that that could be. I'm talking about like <laughs> like the old school space battles. Like last week we were, I was talking about um, the first Star Trek film, and I think I sent you the YouTube video uh-huh. of when uh, when when Sulu comes back and saves. Spock as he's trying to attack uh, Nero or whatever his name is. That was is. good, by the way. Um, it's like, you, you know, I think I said this last week, like, you're seeing a starship move and fight in a way that we've never seen a starship move and fight. Right. Even, even in the Voyager or Enterprise era. Yeah. Um, the, the technology is just so, so much better. Nobody wants to see just static flyby shots of the ship in between scenes <laughs> they used to. Right. and a bunch of you know and and i've commented several times how i i don't like the character of saru i mean i don't mind his character his look and his makeup creep me out oh yeah um and it's like it's a type of effects and prosthetics that that we didn't have 50 years ago or even 20 years ago to to do in a way that was um convincing i i i here let's let's switch off the uh the the time period okay. slash 
CG of that. Then let's talk. I about think it's just. I, I I never finished that thought, but I sure, think it's right. just sort of randomly chosen there because once Kirk encounters the Organians, they enforce a treaty with the Klingons, and from that point on, with the exception of like undiscovered country and a few moments here and there, like the Federation and, and um, the Klingons are at, in in some kind of peace. So you could move way forward, but then you box yourself in in terms of like the Borg and yeah, the there's, legacy there's, of the Enterprise and all that. Like there can't be the, the war doesn't end. So yeah, I don't know. They're right. just they're just they just this was a, I think it was a poor choice to set it where it was set, and there's just so many things they're they're going to have to deal with. Like we all know Sarek and her and. Uh, the Klingon. It's just, just, it's just not a good idea to do that. But I could be mm. wrong. Maybe there's a, a legitimate, like, besides, oh, I find that interesting. Uh, I mean, maybe reason. the, maybe the showrunners and the writers wanted to limit the story. Maybe. And maybe that was their plan from the start. They're like, you know, like Stranger Things or or whatever. They're like, we're gonna, we're gonna run this long, and then once we catch up to Kirk and Spock, like it's done. That could be. That it, could be. It's got to be done at that point. That doesn't we sound like a be. CBS thing, but that we sounds don't, like it. Right. It, it doesn't sound like the network. It sounds like the, the creators. Yeah, and that, they, that very well could. That they, would make they don't want it to be lost. Hey, but okay. So swinging that back around though. So okay. you, I, I got plenty of things to say, but I'll let you start <laughs> off. Uh, how do you, overall, how do you feel about it? You liking it? Are you liking it? I, I really am. Um, the, you know, the, uh, the, serial nature of the storytelling as as contrasted with the episodic nature that is almost all of Star Trek besides this, mm-hmm. aside from maybe some later Deep Space Nine, which I never really got into Deep Space Nine, so yeah. it is what it is. Like, I think maybe there was a point, and depending on the type of show, like, I think a comedy works in the episodic format really well. A okay. drama is a little bit like I know there are a ton of procedural detective dramas and a lot of people watch them. I I can't stick with most of them. Um yeah. I have watched several, you know, I watched all of House which yeah. was not detective, he was a doctor, but it was the same exact same format. He was just sure. It's like a detective thing, yeah. d- diagnosing illnesses instead of solving crimes. Yeah. Um, more recently, I picked up uh, I Zombie, oh, yeah. which over time it started out very episodic and, and you're has like become the second person who said that they like that show has become more serial. It's, it's a really, um, I mean, all the cast is really good. It's the the writing is unusually good considering that it's on the CW. Yeah. Um, but uh, but so you're enjoying yeah. this? You're enjoying this serial kind of thing with this? Yeah. Yes? I mean, there there are things about it that are a little a little strange, a little heavy. But um, I like most of the characters. the The story is 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 pretty complex. How do you feel about uh, Lorca? The captain. He's, yeah, he's he's interesting for sure. Um, very sort of, um, re- you know, he's he's kind of revenge driven, mm-hmm. in in a way. Um, 
they haven't really they haven't really fleshed out his backstory enough to really say like who he is how he got here and how all of the um the powers that be put up with his sort of insubordination i mean the story with the story with kirk was always that like he he got results like yeah you know he's kobayashi maru he doesn't believe in a no-win scenario so yeah he always manages to win right um and there's a degree of that with Lorca, but I, I think Lorca um, has the same thing that connects him and Michael Burnham is that he's the, he's one of the guys that will go to any extreme, no matter what. Yeah, win. yeah. And and then we're like we're in war that makes him stand out, you know. Right, and, and he has the he has the thing with his eyesight and stuff that makes him a little more. Mm, I um, think that's gimmicky. I think that's that was had to have been a writer that's like, let's do something to make him like really set him apart because the rest of the show time they barely ever deal with it. There's one time like, okay, we're going to torture him and we're going to do that, but he walks around and does everything like it's not even a thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like it's not in it's not in the writing all the time. I just yeah. mean the idea of like he has this he has this thing that happened to him because of a decision that he made and subsequently has not like gotten his eyes fixed as they have the technology to do in right. that era. I, I gotta say, I personally like Lorca. I, I was a little torn at what they were going to do with him at first. I thought they were going to make him a, a cutthroat bloodthirsty bad guy. And then mm-hmm. uh, Burnham would be the, the, the evening out person for it or all his crew would. And, and they haven't, they really steered him into this like, I am, I will do anything to win, but I have a past and a history of doing that. And I've seen where it's wrong and I'm already, I'm on my redemption arc already. It's not like a, he, he's going to go bad and then become redeeming. I think he's already on it. I see. I see. Yeah. And I do think you, that's cool. Do you, do you think that, do you think that the, the concept of Michael Burnham being raised by Vulcans is has been adequately explored or is it another one of those like as you say about Lorca's eyesight is sort of a gimmick oh i i definitely think it's a gimmick i think and and that's as good as an actress as sasha i can't remember her name but the, the lady actress does sonequa martin green yeah that's it sonequa martin green uh as good as she is it she's not hanging through with it it's just i mean there's it Maybe it was just that Spock and and some of the people that play Vulcans were Tuvok and stuff were very good at playing, always playing a Vulcan. But she just does not ring through as being raised by Vulcans all the time. She does not make logical decisions at all. She doesn't fall back on it. It's not something that she's... And I know she's not a Vulcan. She's human. Right, but Spock was only half Vulcan. Yes. Right, so you would almost expect her to be, you know, maybe not as you know quote-unquote cold or as stoic as um stoic's not the right word either but no as 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 emotionless as spock but somewhat more than she is but see the thing is is that remember vulcans aren't emotionless they are extremely emotionful well right no that's what i mean i mean more more in control of her emotions yeah that's that's actually what i think is that she because the Vulcans have to do such an ex- intensive thing to make themselves be in full control. That intense study and that, that intense discipline that they have to give to themselves would make somebody who has lesser of an emotional thing like humans 
be able to you know be even more cold and more like logical mm. and straightforward yeah they don't have to fight against that all the time so she should be very logical and very like the representative of the vulcan and i get exploring the human side with her and love and all that kind of stuff but um i i do i don't think that that matters and at least so far in the episodes that they've put it in it's it's just They'll use it when they want to use it, but then other other times it's just being thrown off, and I'm not a fan of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm you know, and agree. the way she could have been is that her her personality is just that way. Just it doesn't have to be Vulcan or raised in Vulcan. That's just her personality. She's just the way she is, and mm-hmm. that would have been fine. I read um, one of my friends on Twitter retweeted. I, I think the guy he retweeted was his brother, but he said um, Star Trek Discovery is. Not very good Star Trek, but is very good sci-fi. And and for him, the latter wins out. And I think I think there's an aspect to that for me as well. Like I've not watched a ton of other sci-fi. Um, I mean, there's Star Wars, which is not right. really sci-fi, um, and Battlestar Galactica, which I really liked. I've watched through twice. Yeah. Um, but as far as like. I tried to pick up a show a year or so ago I saw on Netflix called um, Dark Matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got like two episodes into it and I was like, you know what this looks like? The intro and everything. It looks like somebody making a show in 2015 who really loved all that other sci-fi that was being made in the 90s. Like um, Farscape and oh, yeah. what's uh, there's one where they, they live in the ocean like in little pods. Um, Why don't and, I know that one? um, Babylon five. I don't know. There were yeah. a bunch of them. Sure. And it was just like, you know, the acting wasn't very good. It was and just like that. Right. A lot of that, that just like, it's sort of like we talked about fantasy series. Like when I try to pick up a new fantasy series and the author clearly has done a ton of world building in their mind and mm-hmm. then just throws the reader in either with no context that you without context that you needed or yeah. dumps a ton of context on you where you're like there's no way I'm going to remember these 30 names of people and 12 names of different cities and <laughs> political factions and all this stuff like having characters and having a very complex world are are not enough to have a good story yeah right (laughs) um and so i but i think that in in this case like if you if you were gonna say that this show was just a sci-fi show that wasn't star trek because there's plenty about it that's not star trek or oh yeah is at least completely new you know you have you have humans and Vulcans and Klingons, but like, you know, there there are all these things about it that are different with their their spore drive transportation and these Klingon the houses setup of everything u- and uniting right. and um, the bridges are nowhere near like any other bridges and yeah, yeah. like just the just the look and feel of it is is very different, right? Um, well, well, but I, I agree but because with you. because you because I came into it with 
enough of that background to be like, okay, well, I understand who Klingons are from previous source material. Like, they're a warrior, honor-based society who are very proud, very competitive. And I know that Vulcans are these this race of people with incredibly intense emotions to the point that they have to suppress all of their emotions to function as a society. Um, And I know that Starfleet is this. It's sort of, you know, modern UN or something. Yeah, right. Um, The Federation, yeah. The Federation. And Starfleet is their exploratory slash military body. Um, Like... I already know most of the things I need to know about the world. Yeah. And so then then they can just tell this complicated story about uh, Michael Burnham and Captain Lorca and all of the other characters in between. And I can focus on that without having to try and keep straight everything else. Like, they name a lot of Klingons and yeah. for the most part, like you don't need to know or remember like Takuvma is important because they keep talking about him and um, all the rest of that, but you don't need to keep track like which house is which and all that stuff. I have, and I'm not sure if it's come through clear by my little bit of complaining here and there about X, Y, or Z. (laughs) I actually do like the show. I, 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 I'm finding that after the first four episodes, I was like, okay, it's kind of okay ish, but, it's trying to check off check boxes and I don't like the check boxes. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden it starts to like work and it starts, I think it's just because maybe it's when, and uh, I'm when they start doing like the, the mud episodes. <laughs> I actually uh, was just gonna, I was just gonna ask you about that. How do you like, um, how do you like Dwight in that? Right. Okay. In that role. Let, let's take a moment with that. Okay. <laughs> so, I have a problem with Rain it's, Wilson. It's it's the Chicago. It's the eleven goes to Chicago episode of. Uh, oh, I know. So I I have a problem with Rain Discovery. Wilson. I, I I don't like the guy in general. I, I love Dwight. The Office is one of my all time favorite shows of forever. Um, okay, love him in that. I love him as Dwight. I don't like him in anything else. Um, mm. I, I also mean, what don't else like has he done? Well, he did Juno. like um, the last Mimsy and some other random mm. shows, uh, but. He, I also don't like him as a person. I mean, I, I've, I've oh, met, okay. I, I was at a conference where he spoke and, mm. and he was just being himself and he's just the worst. So, <laughs> um, and then in general, when I've seen him in interviews, he's just the worst. And I try not, I try to separate that, but it's hard to sometimes. Um, yeah, I've been on both sides of that. Like I get annoyed when people take issue with a character because of the actor, but I've also like, heard actors say things and go, man, they seem like garbage person. <laughs> right. Right. It's hard to, <laughs> to do. Well, the, so, so anyway, I, I have, I have, a, I don't like to put those things crossover, but it sometimes does. Um, sure. and so when I saw him on here, I was like, oh, okay, I'm glad they gave him a beard so that I can help me distract from what he is. And, and he's not <laughs> playing Dwight or he's playing a separate thing. So I kind of liked the mud character just fine. I know he was, he was several times on the original series and that they're playing off of that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, don't... he's a little, he, uh, rain Wilson is a little bit of a character actor, but yeah. Harry Mudd is definitely a character. So, yeah, you know, it would be weird if you had, you know, 
Patrick Stewart or I'm obviously not Patrick Stewart, but you know, if you had a really talented, subtle actor playing this goofy over the top character, well, yeah. maybe not. He would have been, uh, he would have been more interesting or better. Would have been, um, what's his name in, in Prince of Thieves, um, Snape. Oh yeah. I'm right. He would, yeah, it would been great. Names. Yeah. The, that's a good, like, good example. The, um, the, the, they say he was the only he was the only member of that cast who realized he was in a campy movie. <laughs> That's great. Um, no, so so he here's the thing too. So I had seen I think an episode way back when of Mud on like when from the original series, but yeah, I was in at least two, I, right? But I had seen one that he was in, but I did mm-hmm. not put two and two together. I did not put the names of who that was and who he was oh, supposed to be. I, see. I did not see that. He was just like Rain Wilson. He was just like this new character that was a prisoner. So mm-hmm. he was mildly interesting as this like, okay, he's not Federation. He's not Klingon. He's not red shirt number 11. He is his own almost, I don't want to say Han Solo, but he's the, the neutral-esque character that, that just is for himself the the that smarmy kind of guy and yeah he's he's like uh you know he's like malcolm reynolds if he didn't yeah. have uh if he never had a crew right he's just himself Out for himself and, and, and that was fine yeah. i thought okay that's actually kind of interesting and then when he comes back in, in the later episode where he comes back and he's being a complete jerk and doing all the bad <laughs> things that he does i actually liked him a little bit there too and then all of a sudden they ended the episode in the weirdest way possible that made no sense to me whatsoever and had had no like it just all of a sudden came to an end and they're like, okay, now we're going to write a different ending than should have happened. And I was like, what? And I went hmm. and said, okay, I'm going to look at this up and see if this guy's a, a guy. And I was like, oh, that's him. They had to tie him to this whole thing that tied into the original series. Like Stella, I think is his wife or something. All of that was set up and plays into the character that's in the original series. Oh, I see. So the reason they had him like this guy who was essentially torturing people, killing them, murdering a captain again and again, holding Federation in a time of war, a warship prisoner to, you know, to turn on people. He just let him go. I mean, what? That made no sense whatsoever. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, the writers just did that because it's the, it's where it is. And right. that annoyed me. So that annoyed the crud so, out of me. So that that's why you hate the time period it's set in. I don't. Well, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> that that is a thing. That's an exact example. But so the, the the thing with Mud was that I liked him at some point, and I was getting past the point with Rain Wilson, and all of a sudden the show just threw it wrong at the end, and just just threw it wrong. I was like, oh. I mean, that's that's tricky when you do prequels. I mean, go back to. Uh... What's it called? The third, the third Star Wars prequel. When they're like, well, so, somehow, like we know where we where the story ends. We have to somehow get there. And so that's definitely an aspect of that. Uh, you know, having a a prequel sort of story set in in the past of a known, you know, a known timeline, where yeah. if you're going to bring in any of those original characters, original concepts, you have to you have to align them with their previous iteration which is sort of a you know the downside to trying to trying to write in a universe like this and maintain continuity 
did, did you know that, that that was the guy? Like you were aware yeah, of it, right? Yeah. Okay. I had from, when I was when I was a teenager, I I borrowed from the library. Um there was a British guy who like novelized all the episodes. Yeah. And so even though I didn't watch every original series Star Trek episode until a couple of years ago, um I was familiar with almost all the stories from from reading those books. Got it. And so, he's so one you who knew that he he was going to get away, that it was going to he was going to live, or wasn't like, you know, I, I I don't think I even connected the two when I was watching that story, that episode. Okay. I was like, well, it's a it's a weird timeline thing. Like, obviously, obviously they're going to win, but I don't. Uh, I guess the ending of it didn't really stick with me the same way it did for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I just kept thinking that this guy was a really, really bad guy doing a very, very bad thing. And it's probably because the, they're so serious. Like, the, the show is so very serious. I mean, mm. it's set up by the fact that Michael Burnham did a heroic thing to try to save the world. And she is paying forever for her, for her crimes, for her life. Yet right. this guy does billion times worse, worse with a million times of an intent. Yet he just gets, like, sent off to his wife. Mm. Yeah, I might have to revisit that episode. Oh my gosh! So, hey, before we change, I, I, whatever, let's talk yeah, about the main character, Michael Michael Burnham. You okay. like her? Um, I know we did a little bit with her Vulcan heritage, but like just her and her story arc and acting and her place. Yeah, I do. Um, I don't know if if that's at all affected by my having seen Orange Is the New Black. Mm. You is, have or haven't? I have. Did okay. have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That yeah. was a that was a rough rough story arc. Yeah, um, I, I I didn't seen how that if that ends up I think I watched up to episode or season 2 or 3. So. Oh, oh, okay. So I won't. Yeah, won't yeah don't spoil that. But that's she a, uh That's that's she, a show. It's like Stranger Things. I almost binged. I mean, I I didn't pay close attention, so sometimes I was behind when a when a new season came out, but Yeah. I always watched like one episode a night was usually enough, but um, right. went th- went through it pretty quickly when it whenever each season came out. Well, um, she she's good in that one. I mean, for sure, and 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 I like her and I like her in this one just fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I her, actually like that they her, that they have what I consider she's the main character. I think she really is, and mm-hmm. she is not like even she's just a specialist, and she's not right. the captain, not the second officer first officer right well i mean star trek has always been an ensemble show but there's always one leader though right there's always well yeah i mean there's there's always a captain and the captain sort of feels like the main character because he you know he narrates the intro and narrates each episode you know with the with the captain's log like we don't have that with this do we it's just like last time on no because it's not because it's a it's a it's a serial story like you have to you have to get caught up on the story it's not right you know it's not setting up whatever weird weird funny hat we're meeting this this week <laughs> right yeah but I, I like her i like her a lot i what i i don't like the security officer and that they're pushing putting a romance in there oh mm. okay fine you know, there's good things for that and bad things for that. But um, I like her roommate a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that she's awesome, interesting, and that's a good acting. The science officer guy is interesting. I like how he goes back and forth with, you know, his... I 
I don't know how I feel about I don't know how I feel about his character, but the actor in that role is amazing. Yeah. I mean like I don't know who like just (laughs) this is gonna sound derogatory, but like just the way that his face looks with his facial expressions, I'm like what is going on with this guy? Here, this I'll ask a derogatory-ish question. Is he <laughs> is he an albino, like, in real life? Oh, like, I don't think so. I just he's assume He's got, he... like, really, really white eyebrows and really, really white light hair. <laughs> and it's I just assumed he had a lot of that, skin. whatever, like, Scandinavian maybe, heritage maybe, or something. Because but... he has the really square jaw and all of that stuff. Right. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that there is a look to the guy. All the, that all the light and the get. lens flares don't help that. <laughs> right, right. Well, and it, maybe that was the look about him. But yeah. he, he, he has lines that he delivers, and he delivers everyone. Like, he chews the scenery. He's just always there yeah. in, in every scene he's in. Even when he's with the captain, who is clearly the dominant person on mm-hmm. the crew... And he dom- that science officer dominates this, the the episode, which I like, and I think I might like him more and more, especially as he shows his like. Um, well, there's the, the the last episode I watched. He's all getting jerky again, and that cadet comes and sits down at his table and forces herself, or forces him to kind of like soften up a little bit. And- yeah, the 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 finale has a lot of has a lot of stuff with him. I mean, I think. Hard to say running back, but I think relatively speaking, the ensemble um, for this show is a little smaller than it feels than, bigger. But it, you're right; it probably is. Like there are a lot of like we always see the same kind of helmsman and and uh, and ops and stuff on the bridge. But right. aside from aside from Michael, the captain, the roommate, and Saru, and the and the engineer, like, we sometimes see the doctor, but we don't see the doctor as much as we saw, like... Crusher? I don't know. Crusher. Well, I mean, definitely Bones. Crusher or, like, previous doctors. But, I mean, like, we see him as often as we saw Guinan. Yeah, right. I agree. Ma- ma- yeah. Maybe a little more than that. But, like, for for that, for those five that I named, like, they're all... They're all pretty good. I mean, I said I, I don't like Saru's makeup, but I do really like his character with the yeah, idea I like, of I, this. I like, like Saru. I think he's this. He's cool. You know, his his um, his race evolved a certain way, and um, he has this sort of intense distrust and dislike of Michael because of their past. Like that all feels very genuine. Yeah, the if there's going to be one lasting effect, I think of this show so far that has a potential to have a lasting effect, it's him. Um, I there's spore drives, there's you know historical things that happen, there's uh, Michael Burnham's relationship to Sarek, but the real thing I think that will probably affect and be more long lasting to the Star Trek universe is um, that guy, Saru. Is that his name? Saru, Saru, I forget his name. Uh, the alien guy. He just. I don't know. He's he's interesting. His race is is becoming well defined. Um, he uses it, yet he's yet he's not all about that. He's another wharf for me, I guess. So another perspective on somebody besides it's not human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I like him a lot. Um, 
Yeah, so the ensemble's coming along. Hopefully that'll do well. It, it feels like they're not on the bridge a lot. They probably are. I don't know the time on it, but it... it well, it yeah, a lot, like of it, a lot of it is really close, you know, stories about Michael and um, some, of the, some of the other characters. The character of the Admiral has been really interesting, too, in her... How, hey, when did that happen? history with... Say what? When did she get captured? I, I swear I missed it. Like, I was watching the show, and then all of a sudden I saw last time on, and they show her coming in to the Klingons to talk, and then gets captured. I don't remember when that happened. Um, She goes... It's when Sarek is, is missing, or whatever. Like, he goes into that space, and something happens to him, and they have to find him. He was on his way to a summit meeting with the Klingons. And so she goes in his place and it's a trap. That I, I totally must have missed that. I don't know what happened there. Jeez. Okay. I'm going to watch that again, I think. Which, which is not terrible. This show, you know, does, could handle another watch. I mean, Did you I see... could watch it and I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there, are, a lot of, there are a lot of details. Like I said that about the... About the time loop episode, yeah. but yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm excited yeah. to see where they go with it from here. So as long as we're talking about Star Trek, uh, I wanted to bring up and I guess discuss something. I mean, we've been talking about this a little bit offline, yeah, offline, uh-huh. online, whatever, off air. That's <laughs> the expression I'm looking okay. for. Um, about uh, about role playing games in particular. Mm, um, okay. a, a system called Star Trek Adventures. Oh right, yeah, okay. Um, this is so a system. This. this is a system I learned about at Gen Con, uh, not this year, but last year, I think. Maybe even the year before. No, I think it was last year. Um, right, this is good. I got lots of questions to ask you about this. Yeah, well, um, so as as our listeners know, I used to live in Bloomington with you and Trotsky and bunch of our other friends and uh and before i left we started this weekly smaller game group not smaller Mm -hmm. games smaller group um because uh trotsky and now the cardinal distillery host a host a bigger gathering on a monthly ish basis yeah um and through a series of conversations on the actual front porch uh we decided to or Trotsky, Mike Trotsky decided to start a game weekly with a with a smaller group, and uh, you guys have done several things. We've talked about them on the show: the Pathfinder yeah. card game, uh, Risk Legacy, Pandemic Legacy, uh, that Star Wars one, Conan, um, Conan, uh, and more recently D anD D. Yeah, and um, in all the you know watching Star Trek Discovery when it came out and. Uh, some some experience I have in my past of doing Star Trek role playing online in a in a straight we called it well somebody I knew called it pencil and paper I don't know if that's the right term for it because it was pen and paper stuff yeah yeah one hundred percent internet forums there were no pens or or papers and oh like the but, email stuff or whatever yeah okay yeah I mean I I would use I would use Microsoft Word just because that was the only way to get spell check back in the what was Late was it 90s. fun? Did you like that? Um, it was sort of <clears throat> it was sort of love hate. There were uh, different aspects to it. It was one of my 
first experiences with sort of I want to call it internet drama, but it's really more just group drama. It's like anytime you get a large enough group of people together, you inevitably have some kind of trauma. Yeah. Um, People. People are the worst. (laughs) Right, right. Um, You know, it was really sort of an exercise or, or experiment in writing because you're, you know, unlike sort of real-time role-playing you're just writing out in text in in passive voice third person what your character is doing um and then the other players playing other characters on the ship will interact with you or can interact with you but maybe don't always and so it's it's sort of a weird combination of like role-playing and also trying to follow email threads like it wasn't email we had a, a you know a website system designed specifically for it with you know yellow text on starfield backgrounds and stuff but um <laughs> anyway uh nightmares yeah right huge nerds um you guys have been playing D and uh and fox who we had on the show previously and i guest uh participated in one of those sessions which was fun and also that was fun um frustrating aspects <laughs> all the same all together um and fox also is a is a bloomington expat lives out in uh in the east coast and um i thought you know it might be fun to try and get you know the the few of us who have moved away or the couple of us and guys who you know whatever uh yeah maybe live a little further out i know um chris doesn't live as far from town as he used to but uh but but still is is a little bit out of town some of uh some of us a little bit older guys a little more into the into the star trek and um the the trek guys and try this and try this system i know that you guys in the process of playing D D, sort of um experimented with and uh, have some experience with the online systems that are designed yeah. to to help with that sort of the the dice rolling and the things that you normally do in person. So, so can I can I can I give you like an interview and ask you questions about it? Um, sure. I mean, I've probably given enough of a enough of an overview about okay, so, that. So I'm like, sure I'll have questions well, for you as a as someone who's DM'd because I've never. I've never DM'd before, so oh, it's gonna be great. It'll be fun. You're gonna love it. <laughs> I, I think that I think that you will. That, that take oh, well, here. I don't want to launch into that. We'll do that in a minute. Uh, questions first. So since we're talking about it, tell tell me about this this system. So I I think my history with some stuff has been pretty open here on on the show um, with role playing games and and D and D and whatnot. But I, I have never played a sci fi role playing game. Uh, I've always kind of wanted to play Star Wars, but I've, I've never played one. Uh, where you said you you saw this at Gen Con? Is it a is it a new system? Is it a new like there's a new book and a new whole thing? Yeah, it's not it's ro- a, like D20 or system. It's a whole thing. No, it's a it's a system they call Two D Twenty, and okay. I think the the company is called Modifius. I think they developed the system themselves, and as maybe a Maybe just a generic system. I don't know all the history uh, okay. 
just now off the top of my head. Um, is it new? It's it's relatively new. It was I think when when I saw them at Gen Con and gave them my email, or maybe took a card and then later filled out a newsletter, <laughs> filled out a newsletter form, like gave them my email on the website. <laughs> Yeah. F- filled out a form is, is too strong. I mean, that's technically what I did, but uh, right. web developer nerd. Um, <laughs> so I think they've, um, yeah, just in the last in the last year or two, have been like running a Kickstarter and uh, and developing uh, developing materials. And of course, they're um, because they're new to like their system is new. It's all, um, it's almost digital first. Um, oh, okay. Like I, I went ahead and quote unquote purchased because their their website as an e store their uh, quick start um, mm-hmm. packet they call it. Yep. And it is a, it's PDF with a a quick sort of condensed version of the rules, six pre made characters and a pre-made uh scenario okay so and we are running we are running pre-made stuff okay cool so i mean so we I, so i don't have to make a character i just gotta pick one right yeah not 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 to start i'm like we'll we'll go through this and take all the take all the pressure off of it and uh and just see see how it goes see how we feel about it i don't okay i don't know that there are there are many if any other star trek role-playing systems but if we hate it maybe we can uh find one for firefly or star wars or any anything yeah, no, else that that, that everybody right. likes and knows well enough to uh well uh, I, li- I like that it's i like that it's like unknown that's one of the things is that like i i don't know anything about it right. and since since i'm going to be a player on this one it's it's that's interesting to me because i i won't know anything i don't kind of want to be that like know everything when i dm i it's just my mannerism i want to i read everything i read the book from mm-hmm. front to cover uh I'll, and then I'll, once it's done i'll go back and say i don't remember this and i'll go reread that and i'll read parts and i just kind of have it and dog ear it and that's just what i do because i'm mm-hmm. dming but yeah but i with this I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to pick something new that i don't know anything about read my part and read things as they need to come you know what i mean like okay now i need i need to know about combat so I'll know that, or I need to know mm-hmm. about my job and my class. So I'll know that, um, and then just rely on whatever you tell me from then on out. Which is that's exciting to me. I'm so excited to just like not care. Not I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Care. I mean, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not have to know. Like if you have, just have tell the, me have that the pressure off. Yes, that I can just say like I want to do this and just play the game that and just have fun with it. That you can tell me it's this because for me, I will. I guess I project this out to you which is probably not great but i'll tell you is that for me i i I like to have confidence in somebody that that the leader my leader my person who i'm going to do knows better Mm -hmm. than than i do that you know will that i can trust that i can say that they're like um that they're not i don't like playing role-playing games with people are like uh sure just uh roll a 20 and i'll uh just guess you know oh yeah i see what you're saying yeah i mean don't get me wrong there's some of that that that's not no, hundred percent. But if there's yeah, a rule, there's a, that there's says a spectrum like, of it. Like, like on the one hand, you don't want to be in a session and go, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this and this, and you know, I'm gonna snag with the with the chain, and that lets me get this 
and this. Yes. And then yeah. they have to like point it out in the rule book in the, yeah. in the player yeah. handbook for for the DM to confirm that uh, right. that that's actually accurate. Like you know, you get yeah. you get into the weeds with especially with older systems like D and D and even Pathfinder at this point when there's a right. lot of um, there's a lot of, of the rules to go with. There's it. a lot of rules. There's like the you know there's the first book, but then they're like there are three bestiaries now, and there's one that's just about the world, and there's one about the you know the pirate factions yeah. and whatever. Right. So you're like, no, I I also am taking this character feat and my personal you know uh, character history bio gives me plus two luck on my you know whatever right. you know making all that yeah up. yeah and and there, there that's the opposite that's that's the opposite like th- there's there's definitely a, a balance between the two things that i like to to hit on myself and, and as a player that i'd like to have i'd like to have that um there are there are definite rules and there's definitely a system and i'd like the dm to know those things at least enough right um preferably better than me and but then i also don't want where the rules run everything like you're saying like that it's it's like we have to oh we have to go read the book on jumping because there was a rule and now we've got to clarify every little bit about it and then it's 60 hours on just jumping across the 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 street right right. um but but i do want to be able to say that like i'm i'm jumping I, i want to shoot um with my phaser and i want to have I'd like the DM to really have that perspective that like okay he's shooting a Mark II laser um and I know that it can't kill a Gorkon and therefore it's only a D10 you know what mm-hmm. I mean where I would I would have no idea whether that's good or bad but um I also don't want you to give me a D40 because it sounds cool and then realize <laughs> when I pick up my turbo ultimate laser later on in the game that it's worse than my Mark II. You see what I'm saying? There's that balance. Yeah, yeah. That the reason we have the rules are there's a reason for them. And um, and I think I hadn't really I hadn't really thought about this until you're saying it. And of course, I mm-hmm. I think you've been in the chats when we've talked about the system. It's completely I mean, not completely. It's still a like difficulty check you roll dice for but sure what aside from that comparison like it has very little in common with with dnd i mean i played that one dnd session this past gen con and i played two i played about maybe a dozen sessions between two different campaigns when i was still living in t- in town of pathfinder which is virtually identical to dnd like yeah. all of the places have different names and like sure. it's called a perception check instead of a spot <laughs> check but right, right right for the most part like agility is agility and a yeah, ranger right. is a ranger like right, um, right. it's it's the same this this we system is 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 very different from that but talking about the the balance of of rules and freedom um I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tell a little bit of a story. Um Okay. Okay. Back when I did when I did the role playing online it was it was all open, right? It's online yeah, so there's that's, no Yeah, that's what those are, right? There's there's no dice. It's not a video you game. Can't, you can't have it. Right? Um It's just uh, it's there, just role playing. There's there's one guy who's in charge. He's Q or whatever. Yes. And he's telling the story and he he works with the captains. He writes for, you know, um, random ensigns or the computer 
or the Klingons that we're talking to, or the Admiral who gives us orders, or any of that stuff. Yeah. He's the narrator. Right. Yes. Um, and they operated on, they generally oper- operated on a three-strike system if you did something stupid. Okay. Um, that only happened to me once, where uh, I had recently watched the movie Wild Wild West with Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, okay. This gives you a little time frame for Classic when Classic of... Will when, Smith's time, right? When I was when I was engaged in this activity, um, <laughs> but I had been assigned on this ship because they had a whole system for like rank and promotion in the in the organization that was yeah, okay. out of character, and it was mostly tied to uh, you know longevity. Like the longer you were on a ship, the higher you could potentially be promoted. Okay. Um. But um, my character, James West, was assigned to medical. And so when the ship was being boarded, I, like, grabbed somebody's phaser out of its holster and, like, shot at him. It's not, not me, my character. And yeah. um, and then in the next post by the GM, he's like, you know, this phaser was actually just a medical scanner. And he th- gets shot, but it's not a it's not a fatal wound he wakes up you know in in the sick mm-hmm. bay and then his little out of character note he's like uh this this is strike one <laughs> like <laughs> don't do that that's dumb and yeah i i think i ended up like just writing that character off and rolling a new cuz i mean we i don't think i knew the expression rolling a character at the time but just wrote in a new uh different like a a female character who was going to be a nurse i'm like this Jim West character obviously doesn't work in medical. <laughs> That's right. Um, we, we need a better. One. No, nothing about who I wanted this character to be works in this setting. So let me let yeah. me just let me just get a re-roll on that. Let's fix it up. Um. So that's an example of like if the players are too far like out in the weeds, the the GM right. can just rein them in with a little yeah you know a little scolding. Yeah. Um, but contrast that with there was a kid i say kid who knows he he was he had to have been a couple years younger than me but he was probably like 16 17 and i was like 20 um he was fascinated with um like pre-revolution era germany like i think he probably had um ancestors in his family this is the actual player i'm talking about um yeah he probably had ancestors in his family who were like prussian generals or something um he also introduced one of his first characters as the grandson of uh montgomery scott okay just just like mentioned it offhandedly and and the rest of us are like grown you're right slash facepalm i think this is before facepalm was a meme um <laughs> and so he would do weird stuff like that like he he would write a scene where his character was alone in his quarters talking over subspace with his family back on earth who were high-ranking members of the prussian war ministry what okay All right right, right. Or he would go in the holodeck and, like, be 
playing a general in the Franco-Prussian Wars, and his quarters were all decorated in Victorian furniture. Or he would pace around the 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 engine room because he was an engineer. Um, with with tools in his his waistcoat, his his okay. vest, right? Like that's an yeah. English word for for vest that had yeah. it had his tools in it, and he would be like chanting old Prussian war songs, and I'm like, dude, 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 this is <laughs> this is Star Trek. We're 300 years in the future. There is no Prussia, and there is no war ministry of any kind on Earth. You're just getting way too into this. Right, like, you're in the wrong everything about this. <laughs> but, like, my buddy and I, who were, I think, I, I might have been chief engineer on a ship that he was a lower engineer for a while, but I was never in a position where I could do anything about it. And okay. when I said stuff to other people who were higher up they're like well he's it was is the equivalent of like he's not hurting anybody oh okay and i'm like i mean he's, I, he's hurting my interrupt my involvement i agree but he's yeah the these <laughs> days he would say he's he's breaking my immersion that, that's it breaking my immersion that's what i was looking for yeah <laughs> and so i hadn't really thought about this until you were talking about the systems and the rules but um i'm I'm kind of excited to see the interaction. This this system feels like it does a little more sort of controlling both the players and the DM. Okay. Because there's this there's this currency that goes back and forth between if um if the players over succeed at a roll okay right like um the system is based on t on rolling two d20s so if you're doing a check where you have to get a certain number once and you get that number twice now you have one point in your in your pool of they call it momentum it's like okay as the or... as the adventure goes and you start like you start succeeding at a lot of checks, whatever that means in the story, you yeah. you get rolling, right? Okay. Like your 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 adrenaline pumps or whatever it sort of makes sense in the in the um the grand scheme of all these things. In the grand scheme. And so then later, if you have to you're doing something that's that's hard, that's a you know, a more difficult check, you can spend some of that to you know get another die or whatever that's yeah how it specifically applies got it that, but that, that's kind of interesting yeah and so then but then there's a there's a um there's like a counterpoint currency for the dm like if the players get to a point and they don't have any of that currency they have the option of taking another die and ro you know rolling another die but when they do that they've given the dm a point of threat and so he has the, more okay the threat is the points pool that the dm has got it and okay the dm needs threat points to like throw harder challenges at them got it 
and so it's sort so of it sort of balances balance out, and out. then they they also do this thing, um, because it's because it's not a system based on medieval epic fantasy. It's yeah. a it's a system based on a TV show. Yeah, and so they have this whole um, they have this whole scene system. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're like, tell me about that. What's you'll, it? You'll go through. I I still don't entirely understand it. Like I read through the quick start rules and then um, watched a couple of YouTube videos with a guy who, you know, explains some of these some of these different aspects. I think it's a kind yeah. of like, just like scenes in a normal story. It's it's a yeah. way of breaking up the scenario or the campaign into okay. smaller. Um, scenes, smaller, okay. smaller bits. Like you okay. go on this away mission and you do these things and you face these challenges and then you beam back to the ship. Then you reset a lot of the the momentum and the threat. Got it. Because okay. it's kind of like okay, this is over. Things like wind down. Adventures. You relax okay. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited to see how that plays out in actual for real. An actual well, gameplay. The, I will say that something I'm interested. Excited. I don't want to say the word excited because it's also <laughs> mixed with nervous. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with, with this game is that we, well, it's not just with this game. It's with any role-playing game that I enter into. So I, I would periodically play with, um, I don't know, 10 years ago, more than that probably. Mm. I hadn't played... Uh, D and D or role playing games a lot, but I kind of wanted to. It's and it's when I started going to Gen Con. So mm-hmm. whenever Gen Con came to Indies, when I, I did it, uh, and I realized that the Gen Con was a great opportunity for me to come because they would have uh, role playing game slots that you could play for like six hours and oh, it would right. be an adventure, and and that was just the best thing for me. You know, I didn't have a lot of friends here that played that and was into that kind of stuff, so it was uh, a good opportunity to get that in once you know a year. Uh, and I would play it a lot, but I ran into different, you, you get what you get there. It's ran, it's basically a, a pickup group for, mm-hmm. you know, MMOs. Um, so with that, you got all sorts of different kinds of things. And I started kind of classifying and man, I could probably write a book literally on, on these kinds of things, these groupings of people. Um, but the, they come in two different put, kinds. Put it of, on, put it on Gizmodo. Oh, right, right. The, the ten, the the seven, the seven types of D and D players you meet. Players, right? Yeah, there they are. There's types of players, and, and they're they, you know it's just like people they go from extremes and back and forth. But and a lot of it is dictated by the DM. It, it mm-hmm. really is. It's it's how the DM wants to tell the story, and actually how he allows his players to interact with that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, some DMs will. Uh, you know, just saying it out loud now, it's actually, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's groups are formed by the DM's direction. Whether you are a, a hardcore role player that bear, that, that your t- time idea of a good f- time is never touching a dice, mm-hmm. never looking at a role, uh, rule book, or you're a uh, DM who wants to be rolling dice all the time because it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're a logical, strategic thinker. And and that is what you set out for the group, and that's what gets encouraged and discouraged. So let's say I was in a group with people who like to role play. The DM likes to role play. 
And then I would come and let's just say I would have my loadout or my character built. And I would say, I'd like to go up there and lift up that rock to get it off the wagon. And the, the, the DM would be like, well, that's, that's too heavy. And like, it's just a big boulder, right? Like, yeah. And, and I literally have my guy's named Boulder McBoulderson who lifts <laughs> boulders. That's what I do. That's the, the, I, I enjoyed making that. And I did that and, and I can take care of this. And the, the DM's like, uh, I, I just don't uh, think like, well, I've got, there's rules right here to do that. And, and that's what that's for. And it's like, yeah, but, uh, we just, uh, like, you know, we don't yeah. want how, to, how big is it? What's it made of? Well, granted is yeah. this dens. It weighs this much. And according to the rules, this many strength points lets me, well, no, this no, much no. It was the other way around. It was that, it was that the, the DM didn't know any of that. Didn't know that there's well, boulders, there's lift boulders in the game. Yeah. That well, that's what I'm saying. Things. Like you, you came into the situation ready to min max with the math and yeah. he was just looking at it from his version of common sense Yes, and 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 and, I, and that's actually a, I don't that kind of I feel like a derogatory term the min max. <laughs> it, it's mm. it's from the standpoint is that there is rules put in, like like there's literally a, like a whole. We had this kind of conversation a little bit off off mic was that there if there's a rule, not just a rule, but there's an entire chapter out of the twelve chapters, and there's one of those twelve chapters is on how to pick up boulders. Right. You can't just say, well, we you can't pick up boulders in this game. You're like, well, you're just <laughs> Well, then why are we playing a system? You know what I mean? Right. And it's and that's that's what I'm trying to say is that uh, some DMs will be like, I haven't really read the book, and I'm just winging it. I'm just using what loosely based things I might think is okay. And uh, we're playing uh, Lord of the Rings because I like Lord of the Rings, and we have to like technically pick a system, so we pick the Lord of the Rings system, uh, but I'm not actually going to read it. You know, right. and and then and then there's the opposite, there and what you know, and they that person that DM would dis, would discourage any kind of actual knowing what you're doing, and then knowing the rules, and then there's the other DMs who would be like, you have to know every rule that there's only one of out of three thousand lines of text, and if you don't know that, you can't get past this adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you you need to have your character so optimized that you will never be able to fight the winged bat of death. Um, and if you're not working as a perfect team with synergy and you have to have the healer and you have and it just ruins the fun. I should say ruins the fun. It ruins the fun if you're not into that. If, if you're, you're the other that, person, sure. if you're the other person who who likes who doesn't like that. Yeah, so I had some interesting experience, um, you know, coming into that. I'm. Like like our yeah. buddy Pat, I'm a guy who I never played as a kid, and so I came to it with a a group of oddly enough a group of bartenders in Bloomington right. who uh, who were playing who were picking up Pathfinder, and I'm like, or they might have played a campaign before this, but they're like, yeah, yeah go ahead and, and roll up roll up a character, and so then I'm then I'm overwhelmed with like, hey, I don't know anything about this world, like yeah. if I were gonna roll a character in Azeroth, like I'd have a decent base or middle <laughs> sure, earth sure. or you yeah know, and star wars or even you know anything like that but i'm like yeah. okay well i don't know any of these places i guess i'll just pick one and i'll make a character sort of based on a character from a wheel of time and uh right sort of pick but of course you know not a lot of that transla- translates and they ended up being a group that their stories were like a little bit more involved than the lore in a video game Okay. Right. It's like we're here and we're gonna go this place and we find this guy, but 
you know, how long does this trip take us? Okay, well, we're going to, who's, who's going to, you guys got to set up a watch. So we're like, yeah. I'll take the first, I'll take the second, and then, you know, roll a, roll a perception or something like we'd have random encounters. Right. Right. And so we were just constantly doing combat. Um, oh, right, right. Which was fine. It was fun. Like I, that, that first character, we faced a, some kind of vampire. I don't know the deal with vampires in, in D and D Pathfinder, but this one could throw fireballs. And, uh, I was sure. a bard and I okay. rolled a one on a fortitude save and, uh, yeah. and he died. RIP. Right. And so then, you know, at the same level, I rolled up a ranger. Well, because the bard was pretty weak in combat, I rolled the ranger with, you know, some good in Pathfinder. You can do this, this weird, it's almost a hack where, uh, like every time you shoot an arrow, if you do this other thing, it shoots two arrows and then yeah. you can convert one of your movement actions into another, another shot. And I just did a ton of damage it was great. Right. Well, but the, then he, I also played a couple sessions with um with a DM who was a LARPer. Yeah, that that's he he, he that's was a LARPer and as as a as a profession he was a uh, a family therapist. So he, <laughs> okay. he was he was he was a, a weird <laughs> okay. guy, but I I enjoyed talking to him. I ran into him at Gen Con a couple times, but wow. um. His his campaign was like, okay, everybody rolls a slightly below level one character because you're teenagers, like 16, 17, whatever. Oh, all and right. And then, you know, some, some stuff happens in the town and you walk around and you kind of explore a thing. And then when some kind of, some kind of threat, some kind of something threatens the village, um like a fighter or a paladin or somebody shows up from the from the local whatever pathfinder society or something and and helps us we kind of follow him around as he does most of the fighting and we had no we had no board we had no miniatures we had dice that we used for checks but not very much like the combat really was just like a sort of story that he told us. Yeah. And so it was it was the complete opposite. It was not as freeform as the the Star Trek role playing I was talking about, but Yeah. um it was much closer than than the other group and that sort of gave me the picture of like how different this can be. Yeah, it's it's that's something you can't get in a video game or anything else is that it's they're so different. And, and mm-hmm. when someone says, oh, do you play You play role-playing games or you play D&D, you, you, that does not say it. <laughs> it doesn't say it. It doesn't say, well, okay, well, what kind? What, what, have you, what have you been playing? You know, the, the, the fear that people had got is like, oh, you're, you're becoming this person, this role, and you're, you're living it out. Well, okay, yeah, some people probably do. That's just what they do. Other, other people are playing it like a board game, and it's with little tactical miniatures, and that's all they're doing. So are you it, are you R O L L playing or R O L E playing? Yeah, it's 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 different. So I, I will say that uh, or somewhere in between, my, which is somewhere in between. My my actually, I'd like to think that I'm somewhere in between. I, I've gone through some phases back and forth. I think in fourth edition, I I gave over to my 
strategic thinking and got more into that it was like about the dice. Mm -hmm. Um, But and then in second edition, I was much more about role playing, yet I knew everything. Um, And then as fifth edition has come through, I've I've, well, and several other things. I really uh, believe that striking a balance between the two is super important. I think that's you're you're going to get the most fun from everyone, and you can play the most. Everyone can do, um, can do all the things. Uh, here's here's, here's yeah. Well, I mean, if you get if you get too far to the R O L E playing, it's basically fan fiction. Yes. If you get too far to the R O L L playing, you could just play a normal board game or a video yes. game. Yes. And 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 the, here's the thing. My my standpoint from a from a DM's standpoint, and our, our buddy Trotsky believes this doesn't believe this, but I, uh, is the way I should be. But I am. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not. Yes, while I'm a st- right, Mike. while I'm a storyteller as a DM, I am impartial. Now, honestly, I'm a little bit more towards the players. I like the players to have a good time because they're my friends. But mm-hmm. I, I like to become the system. I, I tell the story, I lead it, but they guide it. They're, it's their decisions, and I just am the system. You know, I know that there is rules for, for picking up the boulder. Um, I know that if – I also know that if it's not important to the story that you don't need to roll for the boulder. But I also know that there's a system for the boulder. So when someone wants to do that, I know to do that. Mm-hmm. And I can feed that person their thing. Um, and I can also feed the person who wants to come up and just talk to the bartender for, for to get a little bit of role playing in that I should give that to them too. Therefore, I have to have some backstory. I have to know a little bit about history. I can't, I got to realize that this is not going to be just dice rolling, you know, and I got to have that story in my pocket. Um, because if you have both, if you have a balance, you're going to get people who realize it's going to make people who are ROLE players, um, enjoy their role playing times more if they don't always have it. And it's also going to make the people who are role playing or OLL playing have a lot more times when they actually do that part. Cause they won't, they'll be doing this other part too. Well, yeah. Cause you don't want to be that situation you described where you came in with a quote unquote min maxed character and yeah. had a DM who didn't care about the, yeah. who wasn't, who, I, I didn't care. seems derogatory, but like was not, yeah, enforcing rules right and and the thing is is if if you are a dm who has has the players have to go about your story first off if you call it your story that's the problem <laughs> if, if if you have a, a goal that they have to achieve and that's the goal that they have nah, i shouldn't say that i mean there always has to be goals but um if if they're not doing things the way you want them to do and you use the rules to penalize them for that then that's a mistake you know, if, if, if players are getting out of track, out of whack and doing their own thing, yeah, it's your responsibility to keep them back on the path. You got to put them back sure. on the rails. You're right. You, you got to have at least a little bit. Actually, that's, that's the most important part about DMing, trying to keep them on rails without them realizing there's rails. Mm. You know what I mean? Like D- it's all about the carrot and the stick. DMing is about the carrot and the stick. <laughs> Um, so anyway, th- there's a lot of different things and I'm, I'm excited to see how this goes with, with the, the new one. I, I, I'm, I'm personally taking my stance. I, I might've mentioned this before is that, uh, uh I'm going to read my stuff. 
I'm going to read through the rules and the quick start stuff. I'm not going to go above and beyond because I want to see how Dennis is going to run the game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm going to see how the other players are going to run the game. So I want to go into it with enough information to know what I'm supposed to know in case it's like, okay, you need to know all the rules. So I'll well, know and, I'll know that. If yeah, not, and I mean, know you, know that it's, you know that it's Star Trek. So, you right. know, if you're not Star Trek Discovery, like, you don't do much combat. Like, that's not how Star Trek works, right. generally, in the show. Um, I I think I mentioned, um, I might have been off-air, that I started watching the Geek and Sundry uh Oh, no, you campaign. mentioned it earlier here. Uh, they yeah. called it Shield of Tomorrow. Their ship is the USS Sally Ride. Nice. Uh, first, nice or maybe second, first, first American woman in space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the the people participating in that all seem to be heavy role role players, yes. um, but the their DM does a lot of like um, the ship docks at a star base that's still under um, construction, and he describes that whole scene, and then the crew kind of splits up, oh. right? Like one one goes, you know, the the doctor goes to check out the med bay and. One of the cadets goes to find some cream soda. The captain goes to find <laughs> the commander in charge of the starbase. And so he just does these like one-on-one or maybe one-on-two where like he as an NPC is interacting with one of the players and they're all kind of following along. How is, how is, uh, taking how, many a bunch people, of notes. how many people are in that? Three, four? How many players? They have six players. They have six no. players, and he does no, one they on have, ones. Th- they have five. Okay, that's still a lot. How, what? What? Do the other four get bored while he's having conversations? They seem to just be following along. Now, I, I should I should say that I'm only the video is like three or four hours, and so I've only seen the first hour maybe first hour and a half and a lot of that intro was just like them talking about the set because they had some of the some some people from uh the cbs archives are of course uh trekkies yeah and sent them sent them files pdfs or whatever with lcars and so not only does the the dm and all the players have at least the jacket part of a star starfleet uniform um they're also sitting at tables that have like elkar's console stuff behind them crazy yeah and whatever like it's a you know it's not a a tv quality but probably as much budget as went into original series star trek sure sure just in setting up these sets (laughs) that's funny um i mean they're just sitting at tables and it's all arranged on the screen so you can see everybody at the same time but And, and they're actually there to record something yeah i mean they have a they have a purpose i think they did a um they did like a beta test campaign that was not videoed and so they there's a little bit of story continuation from that one of their one of their npcs gets promoted and leaves and it's um it's all more engaging than i would have expected it to be like I I can get emotionally invested in the characters that they're that they're you know improvising role playing right. but um right. yeah but but from that perspective as a viewer you're watching the action happen like you're like as a as a 
everything's happening all the time to you. Like you're involved mm-hmm. in, in every action as a, as a passive observer. But when you're in real life and real playing with people, what happens is that this doesn't pertain to me. Now I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So I start finding my own problems, <laughs> whether it be, well, and, <laughs> right. and a lot of times, a lot of times it's like what, when that happens in our group with how, all the time, you'll hear clash Royale load up. Bump, 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 and then all of a sudden everybody looks over there and like, okay, clearly they're bored because we're right. dealing one-on-one with too many we, people. We, 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 we screwed something up. Right. Right. Or we've and, got and, too many players. Right. So, so when I hear like, when I hear like, uh, they're doing one-on-ones, I'm like, oh my God, that's why we don't split the party. Is because it's it's so boring when that happens, yeah. you know. But we'll see. Yeah, because there's only one there's only one DM and you're doing it. I mean, it's again, it's almost all they're like I said, they're probably an hour into the campaign, and I think they've only done one dice check. Right. They're, so it's just all LE players, right? It's it's just all like a little bit of character development and a lot of. Not quite world building, but scene setting. Sure. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to try it out. Like I said, we've got this uh, this pre made um, set of scenes to try out. Um, we almost got it scheduled before the Thanksgiving holiday, but it's obviously right. not going to happen at this point. By the time this episode airs, Thanksgiving will be over. Um, but I, as I think this. As of this recording, it's November 20th. So sometime after Thanksgiving, we'll get together and do that one session. And then they're doing, I think they're, they're either already doing or trying to do a, um, what do you call it? Like a, like a living campaign or something. Oh, are they really? Pathfinder is really big on this and this might've been something they tried to do to set themselves apart from, uh, from standard D and D actually uh, they, they stole it from D and D well, I mean, of course the whole se- the whole system is <laughs> still under, right. D and D stopped it. And they're like, we they're, like, it. they're we like, look, it. everybody hates fourth edition. We're going to, we're going to, ha- we're going to start our own yeah. role-playing game with blackjack and hookers. And no, uh, the, the, the living thing just was D and D and then D and D stopped it. And then when Pathfinder decided to copy other things, they decided to keep the living. Right. So. So they do this uh, organized play is the word I'm looking for, but they call right, it, that's it. Um, they call it the Pathfinder Society. So yes. like the system yes. is called Pathfinder, and then in the game there's an organization called the Pathfinder Society, which is just you know it's an adventurers guild. Yeah, right. And you know they publish regular scenarios that players play through and report their sort of things. It's an interesting concept. And are they, are they, I don't know that I want to. What's that? And they're going to do that with Star Trek with this, with I, this thing. I, I I get the impression that's what they're trying to do. I don't know if they're okay. there yet or if it's just another newsletter to sign up for. Yeah. Um, but I'll probably, depending on how the first session goes and my experience with with DMing, um, yeah, I might find a full. I th- I think they have campaigns already. If they haven't, I'm sure somebody else has published one, which. I would be less confident in just trying somebody else's fan fiction, but sure. No, they, I, I love if they have a, if they have a published one, I'll probably get that and go from that first sure. just to take some of the load off of, um, the whole process. Oh, I, I but love if, that you're But doing, if it I goes well and you know, people want to do a different, a different series, a different time frame, then, uh, 
than what the published work is in. You know, we, I'll no, I'll I, go back and rewatch Enterprise, and we'll figure something. Out. <laughs> <laughs> and I like it. I, I I like. I actually that's that's the most exciting I'll still thing skip about the intro though oh yeah uh, that, that's the most exciting thing for me about this is that is that it's going to come from a, a place that uh, you you don't have to worry about those intangibles that like fox didn't know about so that you've got a, a thing to guide which is going to be which is going to be fun yeah so. like there's there's a system that's specifically for this and it's star trek like i'm not going to pull out any deep like gem hadar or stuff from 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 deep space nine or voyager that i don't know anything about but right like i like i said when we were talking about star trek discovery like we all know what the federation is what starfleet is what and who vulcans klingons yeah andorians whatever right what all what all those races are um right and we'll be able to start from from somewhere from a from a baseline yeah well, I'm looking forward to it, man. That'll be fun. We're, so we're going to have to uh, uh, talk about it a little bit here and there. We'll have some. What, what we should probably do is have a couple of the guys on, and we can talk about our experiences after we get through like the first, the first introduction. After we play thing. once or twice, yeah, and then we can talk. We can give our kind of reviews and thoughts about it. Now we've talked about like pre what what gaming is and role playing and role role versus role playing, and then now we can hear what later on what came of it with us. Sounds mm-hmm, good to me. Mm-hmm. Does that sound all right? Yeah, yeah, love it. Dude, give I'm us, excited. A couple give weeks. us more to talk about. Yeah, I need to now. I need to figure out what what character I'm going to be though. Oh, just not having the red shirt on, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless you're next generation, then that's okay. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay, what... man. Well, hey, that's that's probably good for tonight, right? Yeah, it's one one hundred percent Star Trek this week. It was. Yeah. That was not the plan. I don't think. That's all right. That's all right. Th- but in, uh, you in, know, in a couple weeks, or actually, I don't know when. You know offhand when uh, Black Panther comes out? Oh, I don't, but I I want that so. Is it soon or like next spring? Uh, I, I'm betting next spring. Okay. Oh my gosh! But yeah, you're so, you're wanting to talk about that post Fox so, thing, aren't you? So maybe that. Yeah, I mean, I've been we've been fishing for uh, for an opportunity to get him back on the show. Whether we continue to talk about movies, as is his forte from his own podcast uh geek scholars movie news or whether we get him on to talk about role-playing board games or stuff that he doesn't normally talk about on a podcast um but we we at least should have a little bit of follow-up because when he was on the show and we you know said our our most most anticipated next uh next superhero films mine was justice league yours was, was black panther and his was uh thor ragnarok as All right. if, if i recall yes. correctly February. I just looked that up. It's February. February. So, so, so we'll have to have him before that. Yeah, we'll probably get him on before before that point. But uh, we'll get Fox back on. We'll make it happen. Yeah. We yeah. Anyway, at, at some point, I'm sure we'll have another episode where we talk all about superheroes. I think we have at least two that are like that at this point. Maybe. Hey, maybe if not. people people should should uh, actually look up Fox and check out Geek Scholars because we we love those guys. They're amazing. Yeah, they have a good show. It's not it's not nearly as long and rambling as ours, but uh, <laughs> but it, but I'll, it's great. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, Where are those show my, notes? Oh man, I was going to ask you and let you. <laughs> uh, you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com slash one three for episode thirteen. There you can find show notes. There's not a lot for this episode, but I'll link to all the Star Trek adventure stuff. It looks cool and. Uh, 
the guys who who made it have obviously put a lot of work into it and uh you check that out hey you know where else you can actually uh listen to us on uh we just recently got uh, our broadcasting on the uh, alexa um you uh, which by the way she's listening to me right now i just said her yeah voice I, I was like gonna say did you just trigger your uh... she she's very alert you know Ooh, so we can hear her talk no okay but she uh we're we're on on there uh, amazon's uh personal home thing you have now uh there's she has skills called anycast so if you have anycast which is the number one podcast uh uh, skill on that device you can say uh alexa please play uh annie cast the front porch and that will play us which she's probably going to play our most recent episode now uh <laughs> or you know we'll pick up that in the background of you are yeah that's right are alexa apps called skills they yes they're they're called skills and then she has a skill and and the annie cast is the the number one podcasting uh skill for her by far and we're on, on there now I, I obviously don't have one of those appliances, but uh, my my buddy who I stayed with this past weekend for Thanksgiving, he has the the one with the screen. Oh the yeah, new, yeah, that's the new the one. new big one, and he had it he had it hooked up to his speakers, and that was great fun because you know we'd like play a song, and my buddy kept trying to play relatively obscure rap songs, and it wouldn't like she would get confused, and then I oh, would just funny. yell like Alexa, play some '90s music. And some like Alanis Morissette or something would yeah. come on. It was hilarious. I, I, I love it. It's great. Um, all right. Hey, man. All right, so man. that's that's everything for the front porch this week. Yeah, we we've done enough damage for one week. I, I think. think so. We'll uh, we'll we'll be back next week. I think we're our schedule might get a little dicey over the holidays, but so yeah, far we'll, so good. We'll, we'll get it. Well, uh, this is Michael and Dennis for the front porch. Night, everybody. 